Here, in historic Malden, in Essex, we're pretty used to camera crews descending on our rustic riverside town. Just the other year, the Queen visited our famous salt works, and every Easter, the mud race attracts global coverage and near feverish interest from the Japanese. Then last year, a pilot whale who'd got his pilotage wrong brought TV news crews to the Blackwater. And then, of course, there was that lad who nearly won the X Factor. And now, Malden has become Tinseltown, the go-to destination for nautical big-screen dramas. In fact, if we had a hill in Essex, we'd probably put up a Maldenwood sign. Now, the latest epic to be filmed here is the tragic story of Donald Crowhurst's ill-fated effort to win the Golden Globe Trophy for the first sailor to sail non-stop, single-handed, around the world. It's directed by James Marsh, who made the theory of everything. But celebrity hasn't gone to our heads. It's gone to our lips, and that really is pretty weird. Now, the star of the movie is historic Downs Road Boatyard, which carried out the very first refit on Noah's Ark, and where owner Jim Dines and his crew have just created a fully functioning, full-size replica of Crowhurst Trimaran, Tainmouth Electron, which by all accounts is far better built and far more seaworthy than the original. For the movie, the boatyard was also transformed into the 1960s, which actually required considerable modernization. Apparently, even some of the grade two listed cobwebs had to go, as the film people considered them a bit too Disney and not at all authentic. Anyway, I'm not starstruck, but my dog is. And every day the film crew were here in town, Bart forced me to dress up in my old man's 1960s clobber and parade up and down Downs Road on the off chance that he might get a gig as an extra. And I have to say that Bart let himself down yet again, not least because he's the most untrained, most high-pitched and most vocal Jack Russell in the world. If they were making a silent movie featuring a dog in a straitjacket, he might have stood a chance. But as it was, they passed on the opportunity and asked if I could walk Bart elsewhere. Kent, for example, as he was blowing fuses on the sound equipment. Next up, Bart made me putt-putt by in my pork pie helmet with my dad's old anorak on my 1960s moped with Bart on the bask in the basket on the front. This time, the film people suggested Norfolk. So I went to the Queen's Head instead, and that's where I came across the oddest spectacle I'd ever seen. The bar was heaving with a rare subspecies known as women. In fact, I never knew Morden had so many of them. What's more, the few I recognised had anti-fouled their lips with scarlet boot topping. I think the correct nautical term for this is lipstick. They also had something wrong with their necks, probably caused by their precarious high-heeled splatches, which gave them the posture of meerkats as they craned to look over my shoulders and out of the steamed-up windows. When I asked 
what was going on. One of them mentioned that there was a rumour that Colin Firth might be popping into the Queen's head. Now I don't know who Colin Firth is, as he doesn't own a Sailfish 18, but from what I gather, he's an actor who made his name in a TV series about a frilly, wet, white shirt. And further research revealed that his character's name was Darcy. So in the spirit of willingness, I started asking the men in the bar if they were Colin Firth. This was no simple task, for as in all pucker, historic and honest waterfront towns, most men in Malden wear grey beards, partly to preserve their modesty, as well as a host of other practical, personal, financial and legal reasons. You see, beards strain lumps out of beer, while also concealing identity from husbands, the authority and the king's revenue men, all of whom spend most of their time in Malden hunting down a bloke with a beard. That's as a result of a tip-off from hopeful, helpful locals. Needless to say, my first foray for Firth drew a blank. Next I tried asking if anyone was Darcy, but in the hubbub of the pub it seems the D wasn't always heard, which involved me being invited outside by some and having to buy others several pints to calm the situation. As it turns out, Darcy Firth never made an appearance that night in the Queen's Head, but the pub did very well. But if some elements of Crowhurst's sad story remain a mystery, there was another one that night that also remains unsolved. Why had men who normally wear fish-splattered smocks for a night on the town chosen to wear crisp white shirts on a day when none of them were in court? Some people really are desperate.